Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. So the story of my family is this. My great-grandfather lived in Arkansas and was a farmer there. And he was a member of an organization that had three initials, KKK. Oh, I the, heard about them. Yeah, the Ku Klux Klan. Now, in that county in Arkansas, the Klan had been very successful, and they had run out of the county anyone they thought to be undesirable, which would be African Americans, Jews, Hispanics, anyone they didn't like, they had run out, which mm. meant that they had nothing left to do. Hmm. And so the clan kind of disbanded because there was not much else for them to do. So my great-grandmother took my great-grandfather's old Ku Klux Klan robe and cut it up and made Sunday school coats from my mother and her sister. Can you imagine? So here these little girls were going to Sunday school dressed in these lovely white coats that had been made out of material that had been used in an organization of hatred and prejudice, going to learn about the love of Jesus, wearing these Sunday— To me, it's just— It's an an incredible paradox. it is. It is. And we find uh, paradoxes like this throughout Scripture. And today we are going to Mark chapter 7. Now, Mark chapter 7 is part of a longer narrative about bread, where Mark is actually— teaching uh, his audience that Jesus' mission, the scope of Jesus' mission, is greater than anyone imagined. Mm -hmm. And right before chapter 7, we have the feeding of the 5,000, where 5,000 people are being fed, and we have very interesting numbers. We have the 12 baskets left for the tribes of Israel, and we have 5,000 people that are being fed. And, And anyways, this is a very interesting story that takes place in Jewish territory. After this comes the, um, this section about tradition, and the Pharisees are now continuing the topic of bread, and they come up to Jesus and they ask a very interesting question uh, at the beginning of chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 1, And the Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered together around him when they had come from Jerusalem, and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed. Now, this has to do with more of a ceremonial Mm -hmm. cleansing, and there were ceremonies that the Jews went through before they would eat, and it had to do with specific amounts of water for washing and a a particular way of washing. So, they really want to look clean, and they want to be ceremonially clean, and you have all this parenthetical statements here for two verses that say how they didn't use certain pots and how they Mm -hmm. washed their hands, etc., etc., and the question comes up in verse 5. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? Now, keep in mind that Mark is having this very deliberate narrative about bread and what is impure and what is impure territory Mm -hmm. and the fact that Jesus has bread for everybody. So, this is a very deliberate narrative that takes place in three chapters. And here the chapter is about eating bread with impure hands. And, And Jesus starts targeting the hypocrisy 
of wanting to be ceremonially clean or having uh, white robes on Sunday morning. Right. When in fact, you're doing this whole different thing inside your heart, in your motives. Let's take a look at this in verse 6. And he said to them, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written. Well, that's pretty strong language he's yes, using there. Yes, here's he's calling yeah. them hypocrites. Uh, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men, neglecting the commandment of God you hold to the tr- traditions of men. See, here Jesus uh, makes a higher challenge. Because in verse 5, they challenge Jesus that the disciples are not keeping the traditions of the elders. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, you want to talk about tradition of the elders? How about talking about the commandments of God? You guys <laughs> keep the tradition of the elders, but you violate the commandments of God. He says, you are dressed in white robes, yeah. but you're killing yeah. people. You're killing people. You're running <laughs> off the undesirables, uh, it, just much as the Klan was doing there in Arkansas, and yet you're you're dressing your, your children and your grandchildren in the white robes. You know, there was a time when um, Israel received the law from God in Sinai, and they believed that there were two law given, the oral law that was given to Moses that eventually became the tradition of the elders, which mm-hmm. they preserved orally, they believed, and mm-hmm. then the ones that God actually wrote down uh, on the stone. So that they were giving the same uh, weight to the tradition of the elders as to the commandments of God that were written Which down. Which is always a dangerous thing. And and I have had um, interesting conversations with people who have elevated either their tradition or their opinion to the same level of Scripture, written Scripture. And that's always a dangerous thing for us in the church, uh, for us who are, are followers of Jesus Christ. And so here Jesus charges them of hypocrisy because uh, they look like, and many times Jesus called them, uh, you know, graves that were white from the Mm -hmm. outside and inside. Mm -hmm. See, here we have the same uh, situation. They say, well, you are keeping the traditions of men, but you are neglecting the commandments. And then he gives them an example of what that looks like on verse 9. He was also saying to them, you nicely set aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother and... He who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, anything of mine you might have been helped by is korban, that is to say, given to God, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down, and you do many things such as that. Now, this charge is a very interesting one. Korban was uh, a vow that people would take and say, this particular thing is going to go to God. Mm-hmm. So, when we sell this, is going to be money for the church. Okay. Now, what they would do when somebody came, for example, to collect a debt... They would touch all the things in their house and say, this is korban, 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 korban. So, that means that, I'm sorry, I have no money to pay you the debt. Everything here has already been promised to God. I can't give it to you. It, it, is, it is given to Him. Yeah, and, and that was the motive. They would abuse these vows and they would make vows on the spot so there was no money. And they would do that, unfortunately, also in order not to take care of the parents. Mm-hmm. Because in the Jewish culture, taking care of your elderly parents was a very sacred uh, it was a very sacred responsibility Mm -hmm. and a duty, and to neglect to do that was really quite a serious matter. And so, they would get around that by saying, I'm sorry, but all this is given to God. I can't help you with anything. Yeah, so dad, mom, you're going to have to uh, beg or whatever because I have actually 
given everything to God. And and so Jesus is exposing their motives here. Yeah. Now, the law of Corban, uh, this this whole thing about fulfilling vows is found in Numbers uh, chapter 30, verses 1 and 2. Then Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the word which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Yeah, so the, the actual command of God was there, that yes. if you're going to promise something to God, keep it. You've got to keep this. I mean, your word should be uh, something that has value. If you said, this is for the Lord. Now, Jesus is saying, you guys are trying to get away from, from mm-hmm. the commandments of God by using the very rules or commands that God gave you uh, with bad motives. It's interesting how you can be uh, a bad person posing as a good person and quoting scripture all the while. Uh, I know that that a lot of people who were in the KKK, you know, were basically, they were quoting scripture as the reason, justifying their actions, and we're protecting our women and our children here from what uh, no one really seems to know. But still, they were, they were posing as Christians doing these terrible things. And that's exactly what's happening here. And Jesus is confronting their hypocrisy, saying, you're, you're whitewashed sepulchers, as he had said elsewhere. Uh, you're, you're full of rottenness because you have violated the spirit of this law. We have instances like this throughout the New Testament, especially in the Gospels. For example, you remember the Good Samaritan um, when the priest and the Levite are coming from the temple and they see this man half dead in Luke chapter 10. And they had laws of mercy and they have laws of purity. And laws of mercy were supposed to always... Trump uh, the laws of purity. Absolutely. And But in their case, the purity kept trumping mm-hmm. mercy. And when I read these things um, and I look at our churches nowadays, I sometimes wonder if we're still in the same sin. Mm-hmm. You know, because in this case, they are being so careful to wash their hands before they eat bread. They're being so careful in what pots they're using. They're mm-hmm. being so careful in all the purity rules, and their hearts are rotten. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're wasting people in, in um, instead choosing to, to go with a, a law of purity, something that is outward, something that is ceremonial, something that is traditional, while just absolutely throwing people to the garbage heap. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is so contrary to everything that Jesus taught and did, and is so contrary to the real spirit of all law and scripture. I have seen people that wonder, uh, even people that have come talk to me saying, you know, my, my, my daughter has a boyfriend that mm-hmm. it doesn't look right, and he has all these things hanging from his ears or whatever, and I don't feel that I can accept him at home because, you know, he's not in the standards we have. If you're going to err one, one side or the other— err on the side of mercy and grace. I've seen the same thing with with, uh, people whose children are living a life that is apart from Christ and they're saying, I should have nothing to do with them because they've made these bad decisions. Mm. No, 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 a thousand times no. Absolutely not. Your job is to maintain a relationship with them and to draw them back to Jesus rather than to to put this this standard up instead of of your child. Many of us need to analyze our motives and to make sure that we are acting as God acts with us. And God never gives up on us. Even though we do some things that are really kind of silly, He says, I value you and I treasure you and I'm going to pull you back to myself. Uh, I think that what this whole message is telling us is that God values us more than He does tradition. He values the great principle of law and that is the principle of love. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. 
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.